Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'm joined with Shane Pruitt, who is a next-gen leader, author, communicator, blogger, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Thank you for joining today. But first, before we get, dig into the conversation with Shane Pruitt, would love for you to sign up for our newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Um, this is a great way to hear about all of our upcoming podcasts, um, as well as hearing from you. What are some things you'd like to see in the future? Who are some podcast guests that um, you'd like to to have on um, and hear from? Um, what are some things that you've enjoyed? Um, all of this good stuff um, can can happen if we um, stay in touch, stay in contact. And so I would love for you to go to theguyslikeus.com, scroll to the bottom, you'll see a place to subscribe, enter in your information, all that good stuff, and then we'll stay connected. Well, today's conversation with Shane Pruitt. He's an author, communicator, blogger, next-gen leader, and so much more. We discuss all things related to navigating the call. Calling, right, can be a big word. Maybe we've heard before, maybe we haven't. How do we know the universal calling and the importance of that in our in our missional living and in, in our own ministries, um, as Ephesians four says, and the equipping of the saints? How do we also navigate the particular callings, the the different um, leadership opportunities that we potentially are called to as well? Um, Shane explains his backstory, his calling, and has some great encouragement um, as well, uh, which we'll we'll get into shortly. Here's my conversation with Shane Pruitt. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me on, man. Truly honored and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's exciting. I know it's been uh, it's certainly been an exciting season for you and, um, you know, with the, with the launch of the book as well. And would love to get into that calling out the call, discipling those called to ministry, uh, co-authored as well with, with Dr. Scott Pace. And so we have Shane on here and uh, just would love to hear a little bit more, you know, I guess before this book was written, before you got into the work that you're doing now, talk a little bit more about your, um, your, your background when you came to Saving Faith in Christ and, um, and then kind of you can get to, you know, what, what was your initial experience uh, being called into, into leadership as well within um, the, yeah. the work that you're doing? Yeah, for sure, Tyler. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Texas. That's where I live now. Uh, I travel all over the nation and internationally, um, but grew up in Texas um, in the Waco area, live outside of Dallas now. Um, I didn't grow up in church. Um, in fact, if you would have asked me if I was a Christian, you know, in my teenage years, I'd have probably said yes, because I live in Texas. You know what I mean? But I had no idea of really what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Definitely didn't know what it meant um, mm. to be bought by the blood of Jesus and have the Holy Spirit of God and be born again. Um, but mm. I would have probably said, yeah, I believe in the big man upstairs, you know, because I live in, in Texas. Sure. Um, my parents be became Christians whenever I was 16. So I started going to church um, because they did, um, and I was living like this double life. You know, I would act one way at church in a total different way away from church. You know, say in my high school and college years, my trinity was not Father, Son, Holy Spirit. My trinity were sports as an athlete, chasing girls, and partying. 
Um, but then at 21, God got a hold of my heart, and that's where I was truly um, saved. That's where I was truly born again and truly became a uh, authentic follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And everything changed, you know, for me at that time. Uh, I really believe if God could save me, He could save anybody. So I started just sharing the gospel with my friends. But I call it like ignorance on fire, meaning like I was passionate about telling my friends about Jesus, but my immaturity, ignorance side of it is I was probably way over aggressive and really annoying with it. You know, I was telling them every day that they were going to hell and they thought, Tyler, they thought I lost my mind. They thought I joined a cult because, you know, growing up in Waco, we kind of have that in our background, you know what I mean? And so they thought I, you know, lost my mind. And so I knew that, you know, I could still, you know, uh, you know, I still wanted to spend time with them, pray for them, share the gospel with them. What's yeah. great is uh, a lot of them now are followers of Jesus themselves. Hmm. But at that time, I knew I couldn't spend all my time with them going to the same parties and clubs because eventually I'd fall right back into the same junk. So I started spending all my time with yeah. the pastor of the church. And one day he just said, hey, Shane, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, man, I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I was lost, I wasn't mm-hmm. just lost spiritually. I was also lost in life. I was bouncing from job to job, relationship to relationship. I was failing out of junior college. That's almost impossible, but I was doing it. You know what I mean? And wow. uh, he goes, hey, well, why don't you at least uh, go to Bible college and learn the Bible until you figure it out. And Tyler, I didn't even know there was a such thing as Bible college. I had no idea what that was. So we drove up to Dallas. I visited a campus of a Bible college, Mm -hmm. uh, looked at the degree program, didn't see any math classes. And I was like, the Lord has spoken. This is what I was supposed to do. So I moved up the next semester and I started going to Bible college with all these like ministry students, all these guys and girls that were going into ministry and Mm -hmm. going to be Mm -hmm. leaders. And, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I remember even them debating a lot of theological issues, you know, like they were doing what Bible college students do. They were debating Calvinism and Arminianism. Uh, I had no idea what they were talking about. I was still calling Psalms Palms, you know what I mean? Because I was a brand new Christian. But I had some professors um, that took an interest in me and they discipled me. And so at Bible college, I got a great degree, learned Mm -hmm. a lot of great things. But more than anything, that's where I was discipled. Mm. And probably about two years in, I really felt God calling me um, to ministry leadership and specifically in the areas of Bible teaching, Bible preaching. And so I remember mm-hmm. going back home one weekend and telling my pastor, hey, I think God's calling me to ministry leadership. And he goes, hey, Shane, I've seen that in you. I believe that. I've just been waiting for God to reveal it to you, to call you and you be obedient to that. And then and Tyler, this, this next part scared me to death because sure. he goes, hey, you said you're called to preaching ministry. Well, uh, you're up in six weeks. Um, because the church I, I got saved in was a small country rural church that would still do Sunday mornings, oh, yeah. Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. Um, so I preached on a Sunday night. There's about 30 people there. I think 20 of them were my friends and family. I stumbled all through Psalm 23. It took me about 12 minutes. I think I said amen 84 times. Uh, not even with the exclamation point, almost with a question mark, looking for affirmation. You know, I'd say, the Lord is my shepherd, right. amen. You know, it was terrible. <laughs> I stumbled all through it. It was terrible. But what was great is I had a leader in my life, a disciple yeah. maker, who saw the calling of God in my life. Yeah. He was patient with me. He mentored me, discipled yeah. me, and he gave me opportunities to exercise that calling and to exercise that gift. Um, even though I was terrible, he gave me opportunities to grow and develop in that. 
And so I'm so thankful for that. And then, you know, the Lord began to open other doors where I became a youth pastor and then became right. a lead pastor yeah. of a fast growing church and then now serve uh, for a network of churches where I'm their national next gen director. So mm -hmm. I, I serve with about 50,000 churches overseeing all their next gen efforts to young adults, college students, teenagers, uh, equipping college pastors and youth pastors yeah. and, and campus missionaries to reach Gen Z with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to mobilize Gen Z. Um, also married, that's my primary ministry now, married, mm -hmm. uh, been married for 18 years and we have six man, kids that man. are six and under. So everything else I do is from the overflow of that. But man, I'm having a blast in ministry. Um, I told a group of leaders yesterday, I don't know if you're supposed to have this much fun in ministry, but I'm having a blast. But that was really my start of coming mm -hmm. to know Jesus and then God calling me to ministry leadership. Uh, I guess amen is the appropriate response. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's, there's a whole lot in there. I think is, is significant, right? And things, you know, the, this passion and having the passion for Christ and for Jesus and the importance of that in ministry and the curiosity, right? I think it's an important, um, I don't know, prerequisite for ministry leadership, right? But um, but then also some of the things that you're mentioning of the importance of family. And I know you discuss this in in, in the book as well. And yeah. Um, as well as I think, you know, God, it was just funny. We were having a conversation last night with the group of ours of like, we can say some ridiculous things, but God still uses that. <laughs> and yeah, um, for sure. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, beautifully packaged sermon, you know, ex you know, whatever that looks like, um, though, you know, God desires us to grow it, grow in these areas. But that, you know, it's it can still be useful and impactful. In those, even in those seasons as well when we're just kind of getting going. So, hey, well, I would just love to kind of get into a, a little bit about just this this book that you that you wrote. I have, certainly have a heart for, for Gen Z, and I know that this, you know, a lot of what you're doing is geared toward that next generation. But um, I think a lot of this applies to folks who are older as well. You know, our audience, yeah. we have some some younger guys. Um, we have guys who are just kind of getting this sense. Wow, like I, I'm, I there is a calling of you know, or equipping in my church context sure. or whatever that looks like, and I'm you know, in my fifties or sixties. Um, yeah, and right. that's the beautiful thing about the church too is that there's always a place for you. And so, um, just would love to hear about what prompted you to write this book here. I have you know, this won't be uh, video recorded, but I have it right here. Um, yeah, calling out the call, discipling those called to ministry. What prompted that book for you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we got to work with uh, some great friends of ours at B&H Publishing, which is such a great publishing company, and uh, a good friend of mine, Scott Pace, uh, who's the dean of students at the college at Southeastern and a, a preaching professor at Southeastern Seminary, uh, which is a great school uh, developing so many great ministry leaders throughout the years. Um, yeah. So when you look at calling out the call, discipling those called to ministry leadership, when you look at the, the scope of ministry leadership today, um, the average and median age of ministry leaders is getting older and older. Now there's many reasons for that. Some of it is we've learned how to take better care of ourselves. So many men and women are able to stay in leadership roles and positions um, much later in life. And we praise the Lord for that. We need more and more men and women um, who have a lot of years following Jesus and have a lot of experience that they can um, teach and impart to the next generation. But the reason also that the median age keeps rising is fewer and fewer young men and women are going into ministry leadership. Uh, according to Barna Research now, 15% uh, of Protestant ministry leaders are under the age of 40. 
you think about that, out of all Protestant ministry leaders, only 15% are under the age of 40. So that means statistically speaking, there's more Protestant ministry leaders over the age of 65 than under the age of 40. And then just the eye test alone through the pandemic over the last two years, there's more people just for so many reasons of how difficult things are, mm -hmm. uh, burnout, moral failure, people leaving the faith, whatever. Uh, there's actually more ministry leaders leaving the ministry than entering the ministry. Wow. So Tyler, if we if we kind of compared it to like a baseball team, uh, we don't have much of a farm system coming up. So right. as current leaders, we got to get back to calling out the called and discipling the next generation of ministry leaders. Because here's what I believe. God hasn't stopped calling people to ministry leadership. I think we as current leaders have stopped asking people to consider if God is calling them. And so that's really the heart behind the book to go, hey, as current ministry leaders, we got to mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. back to calling out the call to the next generation ministry mm -hmm. leaders and to disciple them and to raise them up as leaders. But it's also a great book for maybe people to go, you know what, I really feel God calling me to ministry leadership or I feel God calling me to missions. Right. What does that mean? What does that look like? What now? Because what we found is there's some great resources out there trying to decide if you're called, but there wasn't a whole lot that goes, okay, I am called. Now, what does that mean? And so we wanted to write that. And then also a right. third audience that we had in mind is maybe you have a friend or a loved one or a child or grandchild who feels called to ministry leadership or to the mission field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you go, hey, what does that mean for them? Uh, what does that mean, big picture? How can I support that? How can I know more about the calling that God's placed in their life? Sure. And so we also wrote it with that audience of mind as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. What What are some of the guiding really scriptures when you look kind of in God's word? What has impact or really? Yeah, what's the what theology you're kind of laying your your foundation on for how you see kind of the the, the initial call into leadership and then the growth within yeah. kind of that gifting as yeah. well? Yeah, yeah. Really, the way we start the book is really defining what calling is because I feel like calling is one of those probably spiritual jargon terms that we throw around a lot in the Christian yeah. community, but we don't yeah. even really know what that means, you know? Sure. Um, and so in the Bible, we really point out, you really see three major callings. First of all, you'll see a calling unto the Lord for salvation, right? That we were born sinners, separated from God. We were born spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. need to be redeemed, reconciled, born again, made new. The Holy Spirit of God come to live inside of us. Mm -hmm. So there's a calling unto God for salvation. Mm -hmm. But then once you've been bought by the blood of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit of God, there's two types of callings with believers. Uh, number one, there's what we call a universal calling on all believers. Now, not universalism, that's a false teaching. Right. A universal calling on all believers, meaning this, if you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of God, you're a disciple, you're a follower of Jesus, you are the church, therefore you have a calling on your life to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Um, so Todd, if you go back and hmm. say in church history, especially in the American church, hmm. 30 plus years ago, there was often this mindset in the church that only professional Christians could do the ministry, right? So who is that typically, the pastor or the staff? And so church members, a lot of times they would just sit and watch all the leaders do all the ministry, and the moment they did ministry in a way they didn't like, then they would write them a little letter in Jesus' name, you know what I mean? And we've all gotten those letters or emails, right? Sure. Um, but then there was a shift that took place about 20 years ago, and the shift was terms like missional living started being used. Hmm. And then it was to go, no, 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 listen, not just some people do ministry. 
we're all called to ministry. So people started saying things like this, right? Every member of missionary, every member of minister. And basically it gave this mindset, hey, we're all called to ministry. We're all called to live on mission. We're all called to know Jesus and make Jesus known. You'll even see that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. I love those verses where Paul's talking to the whole church in Corinth. He's not just mm -hmm. talking to the elders or leaders. Mm -hmm. He's talking to the whole church. Mm -hmm. and he says, hey, therefore we are new creations in Christ. The oldest passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then in verse 18, it says, and God's given us a ministry of reconciliation. Sure. So who did he give the ministry of reconciliation to? Well, all those who are new creations. So that's that that universal calling on all believers. So I felt like about, you know, 20 years ago, we got better at kind of proclaiming that message. Hmm. But what we did is we kind of shifted the pendulum too much to where we got away from this third aspect of calling. And that's really the calling that we really start addressing in the book. And it's what we would call a unique calling on some. Now, let me explain what that means is that in the Bible, you see that there's a clear calling on every believer to know Jesus, make Jesus known to be the church. Mm -hmm. But all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, mm -hmm. you'll see a unique calling on some to ministry leadership. And their main job is to do Ephesians 4.12, to what? equip the saints for mm -hmm. the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. That's why I love Ephesians 4.11 and 12, because you'll see the unique calling of some mm -hmm. and the universal calling on all. Because Ephesians 4.11 is... And God gave some to be what? Leaders, pastors, uh, evangelists, prophets, sure. so on. Sure. And we could go through each of those and go what that means. But in scope, you could just go, and God called some to be leaders to do what? Ephesians 4.12, to equip the saints for the work in ministry. Hmm. And who are the saints? Well, it's not just a football team in New Orleans. It's not just people in old paintings with halos around their heads. The saints of God, according to the New Testament, are all those who have been Bought mm -hmm. by the blood of Jesus, have the Holy Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you're to equip the saints for the work of ministry because all saints are called to ministry. But there's a unique call on some to be leaders who are to what equip the saints for the work of ministry, to lead the church, to lead organizations, to lead nonprofits, to go give their life away to the mission field, right? Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so you see that calling. You know, you see that on Jeremiah, and you see that on Deborah, mm -hmm. and you see that on Phoebe, and you see that on Timothy, and you see that on Paul. You know, just like some people go, well, no, all it's all the same. Well, you can't practically look and go, okay, the church of Ephesus, their pastor was Paul. They, there was a different calling. I mean, Paul would planted it, but the pastor is Timothy. There's a different calling on Timothy's life as the leader versus the rest of the people in the church of Ephesus. So here's what we're saying is that mm. both of those callings are revealed in Scripture. We must teach both. We must call out people to both. And we're not saying one is a varsity team and one's a JV team. We're not saying one's super Christian and the others are just normal Christian. We're saying right. both equally important, just differing roles. So we're yeah. all called to know Jesus and make Jesus known, but some are called uniquely mm. to ministry leadership, to give their life away to this, to lead the church, to build up the body of Christ, to equip the saints for the work in ministry. Yeah. And I think we got to get better at that aspect, the unique calling on some mm -hmm. and discipling some towards ministry leadership. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And I, I like that reference of Ephesians 4 as well. And so we see, you know, some different kind of uh, different passages that would kind of yeah. surrounding leadership, you know, spiritual giftings and such. Um, sure. Ephesians 4, I, I think is a really good one. Can you kind of break down again? Yeah, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the different kind of 
you know, pastor, evangelist, could you just mention those again just for uh, reference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of just sure, digging a yeah. little bit into each one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, let me, because uh, I want to read it, you know, exactly That's from right. the Word. And so, yeah, so I got Ephesians uh, 4, 11 and 12 here. And okay. I use typically the ESV or CSB. I got a CSB right here in front of me. Okay. So let me read it directly out of the CSV. And it says, and he himself gave some. That's why I love that CSB translation. Right, right. And he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Hmm. Now, we could go through each of those, and I think there could be some theological differences and arguments to go, are there still apostles today? Are there still prophets today? Um, and we don't have to dive into that, mm-hmm. but we know there's still pastors today, and there's still evangelists today, and there's still teachers of the Word today. Um, and what are their jobs to do? Ephesians 4.12 equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Mm -hmm, Christ. mm -hmm. So I love those two verses because you'll see two types of callings there. You'll see in Ephesians 4.11, I love all through there, it says some. He calls some uniquely to be leaders of the body of Christ, and their main job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And that saints for the work of ministry, you'll see the universal calling on all believers who are saints of God, they're all called to the ministry. And what is that primary ministry? There's so many nuances of it, but big picture is to know Jesus mm-hmm. and to make Jesus known. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Just pulling up another reference verse, we'll read from the ESV. This is Matthew 9, 37. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So I That's think right. that echoes yeah. a similar, yeah, there, there's some, right? Yeah. You to, there's yeah. some that will then step in. And so how do you know... I guess you know, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in minds of a listener right here. Mm-hmm. I think God might have something something stirring up that I I'm currently kind of been on I don't know on the bench so to speak or I, I'm just kind of in the pews right now. But I'm um, I have a sense that there's there's more that I'm called to in kind of this these particular perhaps callings. What yeah. are some questions I should be asking myself um, and or in dialogue with others as well around me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would encourage you first to go, hey, you are called. Um, so th- remember the right. universal right. side, right. side of it is to go, hey, I don't just sit back and watch my pastor do all the work or my small group leader. Like there's a calling of God on your life too. You're called to live okay. on mission. You're called to um, to a ministry of reconciliation. And so yeah. to really kind of help people with that to go, okay, well, if there's a calling of God in my life like that, mm. what does that practically look like? And really a simple just visual of it is to just put your two feet on the floor. And if you look down at your two feet, that that floor, that ground between your two feet at any point of the day, mm-hmm. that's your ministry. That's your mm-hmm. mission field. Right. So I love it. The stay-at-home mom, that is a ministry. That's a mission field. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the doctor who has a practice, that's your ministry. That's yep. your mission field. Yep. The garbage collector, that's your ministry. That's your mission field. That's right. So just look at your right. natural fears uh, or your, you know, your spheres of influence, your natural daily life to go, hey, if your kids yeah. are on a little league team, that is a ministry opportunity to those other parents. You know, if you're on a sports team yourself, uh, your school, your job, your neighborhood, the nations, that's mm-hmm. the ministry that God's called you to, to mm-hmm. primarily mm-hmm. know Jesus and make Jesus known. Practice mm-hmm. the great commandment, the great commission. Yeah. Love the Lord your God yeah. with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
and make disciples. That's what we've all been called to do, every yeah. single one of us. Whether you have a title or position or not, we're all called to that. Right, right. But then the unique calling to go, yeah, and that's a great question, Tyler, to go, well, how do I know if God's calling me you know, uniquely to ministry leadership? We cover this in the book, too. I say there's really three affirmations, and you don't need to have one of the three. You mm -hmm. really need to have all three. Mm -hmm. um, the first affirmation would be this, what we call an inside affirmation, meaning is there this calling from the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. this angst from the Holy Spirit, this this burning passion from the Holy Spirit. You know, mm -hmm. even Jeremiah said, if I keep my mouth closed, my bones burn within me. You know, and so there's this mm -hmm. inward mm -hmm. affirmation of God moving. And so we kind of joke, um, but we're serious, is like we don't want God, I mean, we don't want grandma called leaders. We want God called leaders. You know what I mean? Because we all had those grandmothers sure, going, hey, you're sure. going to be the next Billy Graham. Right. No, no, no. We don't want grandma calling us. We want God calling us. Right. So there needs to be this inside affirmation that can only come from God himself. Number two, there needs to be an outside affirmation. And those typically come from trusted leaders in your life or trusted community like men and women of God who walk closely with Jesus, mm -hmm. they're full of the Spirit, and they see things in you because sometimes God will reveal His calling in your life through other people. Mm -hmm. And maybe meaning like they go, hey, I see this in you. Do you see it in yourself? Yeah. Hey, I notice you have this love for the Lord, this love for the church, this love to lead others, to disciples others, to teach the Word of God, sure. Sure. to serve do you see that in yourself? So that's what we call outside affirmation. And then the third one would be opportunity affirmation. Mm -hmm. I really believe ministry leadership is not something you have to chase down because it will chase you down. Mm -hmm. Meaning if God's calling you, he'll come after you. I mean, look at Jonah trying to run. That didn't work out well for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so is God providing doors of opportunity for you to serve, for you to lead, for you to exercise that gift, for you to exercise that calling? So I, I think that's how you know if God's calling you uniquely to ministry mm -hmm. leadership is you have this inside affirmation, you have this outside affirmation, yeah. and then you have an opportunity affirmation. God's opening doors for you that's to right. exercise that. Yeah. No, that's good. And just want to turn into page, at least in my copy, in page 17 here, it says confirm your calling as well. And I thought that yeah. was a great, you know, would encourage listeners to, to take a look at this as one is right, this overwhelming desire and so this, yeah. yeah, this inner kind of work that's happening, this re mm -hmm. renewal almost, and then this ministry giftedness as well, spiritual giftednesses yep. and proficiency cannot be manufactured. Um, that's right. Yeah. And then it goes on and then God's blessing. Right. Um, and then affirmation of others is another thing that you mentioned. And so, yeah. and I think that's where we Tyler as current leaders is where really we can play a role in the calling of God in other people's life yeah. is that we need to be attuned to those that are in our ministries or maybe in our small groups or in our circles of influence to go, hey, if we see something in someone's life, then we should lovingly ask them about that or talk to them about it because God may reveal a calling to them through us being willing to have that conversation. Yeah. Like I want to go back to the statement I made earlier because sure. I really believe this. God hasn't stopped calling people. I think we as leaders have stopped asking people to consider if they're called. You know, right. I'm thankful right. for people who spoke that into my life. And I want to encourage you, like, have good conversations. And I want to say, ask good questions. I always encourage leaders, instead of like proclaiming something over someone, maybe ask questions because I think we can cause confusion. Right. Like, I prefer someone to go, hey, I see this in you. Do you see it in yourself? Or, hey, have you ever considered God may be calling you right. to ministry leadership? 
I always feel like that's a better approach than going to somebody going, hey, God's calling you to ministry. You need to stop running from that because you may declare something over them that they're not feeling on the inside, meaning they don't have that inside affirmation and you could cause a lot of confusion. Once again, we don't call people, God calls people, but maybe we can help people understand if God's calling them or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, and I, I think it's you can you can get down a slippery slope uh, if you're. I think you you, uh, you really you put put that on someone almost rather sure. than I I think that I'd agree with you. This like I'm I'm sensing that there's something you know that you have. Have you yeah. considered perhaps this? My um, it's funny my my wife grew up Presbyterian, but her grandma's very Brazilian Pentecostal, and so she would <laughs> she would have. Uh, this kind of some prophetic insights into yes. I said you know have you sensed yourself becoming a missionary and that was at a very young age right and these things stick with you and and now oh, it's course. kind of it's funny I'm kind of in a church planning missional space too yep. and so she's kind of partnering with me in that in a sense yeah so there is like this truth to it but also like there's this like burden of like is this do I have to then like take these steps to get there so I just I always kind of go with caution of I, I i'm sensing is this have you you know and i always kind of measure it up against a few other people and obviously just from the source from god himself and so um yeah, well hey so i would love to um you know there uh man they're just when we think about you mentioned this the past generation um there was identified some themes and some trends of right the 15 is it 15 percent under the age of 40 or in, yeah. is that are you kind of referring to like particular offices within the church or just kind yeah. of, gen- so what, what do you think are some important things? If I'm a church leader now who's 40s, yeah. 50s, right? And I'm maybe passing the baton in my, in, in you know, in my position yeah. as an elder or as a pastor or whatever that looks like a deacon. Um, what are some things to consider in that? Hey, there's, maybe there's been something that's happened in these years that we haven't emphasized as yeah. much that we can. We can, we can consider yeah, at least. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler. And here's, yeah, here's some just great, simple, practical next steps is to go, hey, if we want calling out the called and we want, uh, you know, our ministry to be known, our church to be known as a place where we're calling out the called and we're really seeing, a, you know, a whole generation of ministry leaders rising up. Um, how do we kind of cultivate that culture in our ministry, in our church, in our context? Uh, you know, first and foremost, I know this sounds like a Sunday school answer, but it's true. It's pray. Um, because even in Matthew 9, mm. um, the verses you mentioned a while ago where Jesus goes, hey, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The very next verse, um, he doesn't say, hey, write a book about it. You know, and I say that as an author. He doesn't even say sure. create an initiative. What does he say? He says, pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. So I'd say, first of all, pray. Like, God, raise up ministry leaders here. God, call out the called. Um, pray and ask God to make you as a leader attuned hmm. to what he's doing in your midst and, and to give you spiritual eyes to see maybe who he's calling out in your ministry. Um, secondly, I would say give opportunities for people to respond. Um, I think this is a principle where a lot of times we have not because we ask not, meaning we're not even asking people a lot of times to consider if God's calling right. them the ministry right. leadership. So have those one-on-one conversations. But I also want to say don't shy away from preaching about it or teaching about it and even giving people an opportunity to respond to that call at the end of your messages. You know, I remember even in the church I got saved and called the ministry in that it was a, a pretty regular posture of our leaders in our church 
to ask people, hey, maybe God's calling you to ministry leadership or God's calling you to the mission field. Mm. And you, you need to put your yes on the table and surrender that call. And we're going to help you in that journey. Um, I mean, I can't even think of the last time, you know, outside of me doing it or preaching where I've been in a local setting where that kind of invitation was giving. We don't do it anymore. So I think right. a lot of times we right. have not because we ask not. Sure. So I'd say let's get back to like just asking people to even respond or consider that mm -hmm. in a in a large setting. And, and I know like a lot of times we'll go, you know, even leaders will go, well, I like to have those conversations one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, praise the Lord. But I, what I've found typically, hmm. and maybe I was the only one that did this, is when we only rely on those one-on-one -on -one conversations, we tend to only think that people we like are called to ministry. You know what I mean? So the people we get along with or the people that we see things in, that's who we think is called to ministry leadership, where God may be doing something in someone's heart and life and soul that we don't consider. Because I even look back, you know, I was a youth pastor for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And so all the students are now adults. And there are some that are now serving the Lord and ministry leadership that I would have never handpicked to do that. You know right. what I mean? But God had other plans. It was come almost like a principle of David, right? Like, you know, they sure. was like these, you know, Jesse was bringing all his other sons in front of the prophet, not not David, right? Right. right. Um, and so, like. Yeah. Give an invitation to where God can move in a way that maybe we don't even understand. Mm -hmm, uh, the mm -hmm. third thing I would say is uh, stories impact people. So share your testimony of how God called you to ministry leadership. If you think about it, we, we often share our testimonies of how God saved us or God called us um, you know, mm -hmm. into a relationship with Him. And we'll share our testimonies of salvation, sure. but we rarely share our testimonies of how God called us to ministry leadership. Right. So I think if we're regularly sharing our stories and encouraging others to share their stories, then people will hear that and go, I think I can identify with that. I think God may be calling me. Or, hey, if God's sure. called them, I've been feeling this, and if that's just a normal person, I'm a normal person, maybe God's called me too. Yeah. So I think stories can really impact yeah. people. And then the last thing I'd say is have a plan. That way, if people go, hey, God is calling me to ministry leadership, mm -hmm. do you have a plan for them? Mm -hmm. uh, that was another reason, Tyler, that we mm -hmm. wrote the book. And then even if you go to callingoutthecall.com, we put all kind of equipping videos and mentoring guides on there for leaders because what we found is a lot of leaders don't have a game plan for developing other ministry leaders. Um, you know, there'd be times sure. that I was speaking at a college event or a youth event, and we'll do a calling out the call time and message. And all the time I'd have youth pastors or college pastors right. or even lead pastors go, hey, we just had 10 people surrender to a calling to ministry, or we just had 10 people surrender to a calling to missions. We don't really know what to do with them. So I always wanna say, hey, do you know what to do with them? Do you have a right. pipeline? Do you have a process, a plan? Uh, sure. my, my ministry sure. coach used to say this, um, what if your vision works? Are you, do you have a plan? You know, cause we always have vision, but what if your vision works? Do you have a plan for that? Right. You know? right. Um, and so I would say, yeah, pray. I would say, give invitations for people to respond. Mm. I'd say, share your story, your testimony of calling to ministry. Mm. And then fourthly, I would say, have a plan, a process for when mm. people do surrender that call. Mm. That's That's good. No, I appreciate that. And um, just a few things here before we wrap up as we kind of are closing out on time. You mentioned this this one thing of counting the costs. And I do think that that's important, at least yeah. to, to preface and mention it's, as I mentioned earlier, we're in New England. And so, you know, church planners in New England, if you're, you know, I'm talking with yeah. several, it's like, if you identify with the, the Orthodox gospel, you're you're basically counting the costs here at least because yeah. it's not, it's, yeah. there's, there is kind of a, there's a cost associated with that especially you know, yeah. starting a new thing. But I do think in ministry as well, we see this 
you know, in leadership positions. And it's as you take these steps into whatever God is, um, yeah, whatever's in front of you, there is some cost as well to consider. And I think sometimes these don't maybe give, there's not as much attention up front, which can lead to kind of trying to kind of tread water later on when you're like, oh, I didn't know that this would impact my family so much. So I need to get these things kind of in order maybe before I consider it. So I just would love to hear a little bit about what you're counting the cost. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you're right. Um, Tyler, I think even in America, you know, I think over time you even see it, especially with Gen Z, I think you're going to see it more with the alpha generation is, is the generations coming up. uh, There's cultural Christianity is disappearing. You know, even in the South, people say Bible belt, and you don't really see that a whole lot with Gen okay. Z and younger. I would say the Bible Belt has busted with lostness with young people. So with right, that, right. I don't believe cultural Christianity is going to grow in the U.S. I think it's going to continue to get smaller and smaller. Sure. And so you even see that. And, and the exciting part of it is what you know. I think Ed Stetzer calls the squishy middle. That's mm. disappearing, right? You're either all in or all out. Yeah. You know, and and you know it, right. which is helpful for the gospel because sometimes yeah. the biggest hindrance to the gospel is trying to convince people. They need it if they think, well, hey, I believe in the big man upstairs, that kind of southern mentality, right? Well, that's disappearing. Yeah. So all that to say is that, yeah, if you're going to be in ministry leadership you're gonna and you're going to believe the Bible is the word of God, you're going to be living counterculturally anyway. So that's why I say you that's better true. be called to it because ministry is not easy. Uh, always, I do a lot of coaching for ministry leaders, and I tell them, if ministry is easy to you, it's probably because you're taking it easy. Right. Um, because it's not easy. Now, don't get me wrong. It shouldn't be miserable. You should have joy in it and peace. I don't think God calls you to misery. That's right. You should have joy and peace in it. Yeah. But if it's easy, it's because you're taking it easy. Yeah. So that's why you better be called. Because if you try to do ministry leadership without the calling of God, you're going to get your face kicked in. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's why like, you better make sure God's calling you and mm. not some other outside influence calling you. Or... Or you don't want to go back to this workspace theology. I think some people go, "Oh, I want to go into ministry so I can pay God back for for you know saving me." No, no, no. It's not right. a payback. It's a calling to help lead the body of Christ to equip the saints for the work right. of ministry. So I want to just say, yeah, count yeah. the cost up front. Make sure you're called by God because sometimes there's going to be these dark nights of the soul where the calling of God in your life is going to be the thing to sustain you. Um, so remember, hey, yeah. the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the fuel and the power of every aspect of it. To know that, mm. hey, he's your companion, meaning you're not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is with you. And if he is in you, he's greater than he does in the world. If he is for you, who can be against you? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's also, he's your companion, but he's also your comforter, your counseling. Mm-hmm. I think ministry, I'm a big fan of counseling uh, and for ministry leaders as well. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate counselor as well. Yeah. Um, and to know ultimately he's the power that's going to, to do it all. So really, yeah. even I even say to people, they go, hey, I'm really feeling called to ministry leadership. What should I do first? I always say, learn to walk deeply with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, and, and you have the book in front of you. I've had so many go, hey, y'all's book is almost like a spiritual disciplines book. And that was intentional. You know, it's, you know, be men and women of prayer, be men and women of the word, be men mm-hmm. and, you know, women and sure. live on mission and share your faith. Because really the calling to ministry leadership is a calling to walk deeply with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we'll always be at our best when we're leading, serving, equipping hmm. out of the overflow hmm. of our own worship of Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's how sometimes we get in trouble in ministry leadership 
with people when moral failures are burning out or even walking away from the faith is sometimes when people surrender to a calling ministry leadership, the first thing we want to do is go, hey, well, let us help you discover your, your gifts. Let us help you discover your talents. Let's find your leadership capacity and, and let's figure out how to help you get past that leadership capacity. Mm. And what we've done a lot of times if, is we've helped cultivate very gifted and talented people, but we didn't spend a lot of time on their character and integrity. So sometimes your gifts and talents will take you further then your character and integrity can sustain mm -hmm. you. And some people end up on platforms that their integrity is not ready for. Yeah. And the only way to build up godly character and godly integrity is to spend time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, there's no shortcutting it. So really, you got to spend time in the Word, in prayer, walking deeply with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and really to know before He ever even called you to ministry, He really called you to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. um, the best piece I'll close with this: the yeah, best piece of advice you. I ever got was early in ministry. Uh, I had a, a, a leader tell me this: Shane, you focus on the depth of your ministry and let the Lord take care of the width and platform of it, which I think we typically yeah. get that backwards. We're always thinking, how do I get to this platform? Or how do I get to this prestige? Or how do I get to this popularity? Let the Lord worry about that. You just focus on the depth of your ministry. You focus on walking deeply with Jesus and let him worry about the width and platform of it. Mm. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's, I mean, in that same sense too. And so good to, good to hear that confirmation from yeah. you. And so, well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. Callingoutthecall.com. Anywhere else we can find you and find more about kind of what, you, what you're up to. Yeah, man. I'm on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, just Shane underscore Pruitt 78, uh, ShanePruitt.com, callingoutthecall.com. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, that was such a powerful and rich conversation and time with Shane Pruitt. Would encourage you to get a copy of the book, but also just to, to check out what he's up to and um, and all the all the good things that he's working on as well. And so, as I mentioned earlier, just want to remind you um, to sign up for our newsletter. It's a great way to stay in touch, to stay connected to podcasts, releases, as well as things that we're considering of launching. would love to hear your feedback on that and potential guests that uh, you'd like to see um, and anything else as well is, is always is always good to hear. So if you have, have some time, go to theguyslikeus.com, scroll to the bottom, enter in your information to subscribe. Have a good day.